0: What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Welcome to Art of War. And broken champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I'm your host, Blake Law. This is episode 69, nice of the podcast, and we are very happy you're able to join us. They say we learn the most from our losses. That is what this show is going to do. We are interviewing the elitist of players today. This is part two of our segment where we're doing opponents given their side of the story. We heard from Brian Jones last week. He's the night player. We are going to hear today from. My personal favorite Dark Angel player in the entire world. I'm very excited to talk about it. We're going back to Nova. We're talking about Knight's Dark Angels. We're recapping the game that we talked about on Friday, and now we are going to get the side of the Dark Angels. So buckle in for this. This is part one. We're going to analyze the game again. We're going to talk about the secondaries, common mistakes. We're going to talk about that target priority. Now, part two, it's available to subscribers. Oh, whoa,
1: whoa. Are we not going to talk about the elite player mindset Let's uh, skip over that part
0: that's in part two so in part two is available <laughs> to subscribers on the we will be talking about strategies list adjustments all the things all the stuff as brad would say and the elite player mindset my co-host today is part of a team that won nova teams this is his first team win ever so he's really excited about it Yeah, he uh <laughs> He was carried by an elite 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 <laughs> night player who just really just gave his just all, gave his heart.
1: He on threw you up, me on his back and just and I have,
0: Well, I have to say this is Brad's first paint award ever. That is true. I think is this your first paint award ever because we also won best paint. No, I
1: actually got a I got a paint award like 20 years ago when Mr. Stiegalski painted my army and his army and I won first place and he won second <sighs> place and like with the army he painted for me.
0: What's actually you know what's interesting actually is so not only were me and Brad on that team that won Nova teams this last uh, two weekends ago, but our guest was actually part of the five man team. So let me just introduce (laughs) him Brad I got let's just introduce him in. It's it's Sasha, everybody. You knew it is, you knew it was coming. Uh, Sasha, how you doing?
2: hey everyone i'm doing fantastic thank you so much for having me on tonight blake and brad um i feel like the introduction didn't do justice enough to the legend that Brad is
1: um (laughs) i love that he gave me no credit i'm Ah. currently the holder of all team tournaments in america didn't quite get it in europe but bfs adepticon teams current vegas atc nova teams I am the king of the teams. You know why? Because teams are the best, and I'll
0: say it. Hey, though. how many paint awards did you win on? Oh, actually, you want? I guess you. I
1: was going to say, I also got a of paint award, too. <laughs> you
0: did want to check <laughs> on there. Dang it. Oh,
1: I'm the hottest
0: master. motivated to make this the the next paint podcast. <laughs> uh, this. Oh, so, Sasha, uh, on the last episode, we actually discovered that since me and you have been on three teams together now, we are actually one person now, and we're called Blasha.
1: Blasha. <laughs> I love everything about
0: that. Sasha took his headset off. He is not even responding. He's just like, I don't I even care. I've offended him. He is straight up offended by that oh, question. Blasha.
1: You know what I want everybody to know? Because I'm looking at the map behind Sasha. He has a map of the world. You guys know that Asia is really big. I'm just letting you guys know
2: that. Yeah, it's huge. Just
1: it's just huge. in case you were wondering, you know, we're, we got a <laughs> high American audience. We don't, a lot of times we don't know what else is in the world. We just paint pictures of dragons and unknown lands on yeah. our, our maps.
0: Did you well, I want to get a comment on Blasha, the combination of Blake and Sasha on a team together. I, I like it. I take it. Okay. Like
2: people oh. always mess up my name anyway, so I have gotten used to combinations of my name. And I'm like a dog. Like you whistle and I will respond. I'm like, yeah I am. So
0: it's, <laughs> it's Blasha
2: if with Blasha entered the room, I will be fine with it. Blasha eto Law.
1: <laughs> I I do love the fact that Someone just completely, while we were there at the team tournaments, just looked at you and just ref- like think refused to say your name, but just couldn't get it. And then you were like Alexander.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, All that was. That was a fun event. So you were playing your Dark Angels at teams. Brad was, of course, playing as Eldar. I was playing Knights. We had Alex Ng playing Sisters. And then the fifth mysterious, elusive player, because he was constantly in the bathroom when we were doing pairings, was, of course, Tony Kopak playing Necron. So that was a good team. That was a solid squad.
1: I loved it. Here's a question for you. Real quick, before we go any farther, I just want to, I at least want to hit the list real quick. And then I want to ask you a couple questions about your list uh and teams versus individuals so let's run down your list real quick you're playing dark angels for the entire weekend you ran the same list on both days correct or both i did
2: yes same list um a single outrider a dark angel detachment
1: put all's in the list and kind of tell me why why and what were some of the choices because you you're running a little bit different of a list than a lot of people are used to and having some good success with
2: um yeah (laughs) the list started with a, a blake like a notion i wanted to just get something new this year and paint something different um and i always really much like the the new primaris speeder um so that was the the initial idea to get this list started and then when checking codexes which one best supports dark angels um or which codex supports best the new lens speeders or the speeders in general it was dark angels um so the list is relatively simple actually. Uh it starts just with Samael. Um he is the first captain of the Raven Wing. Um and for points, he's I would say a relatively good model because not only gives you um your regular reroll once to hit aura, but he also has the chapter master rule. It only works on Raven Wing, but if your entire list is Raven Wing, it's basically the same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He gets good in combat. I mean he doesn't hold up with any of the new Smash characters anymore. He's five attack, strength eight, AP4, two damage, and then combat doctrine, he's AP5. Um, so nothing to brag about, but he can kill uh one or two things. Um then we got two Talon masters. Um those are your firstborn old speeders with a twinling heavy bolter and twinling assault cannon. So they just have a, a good volume of shots each of them. And they move base 18 inches, um, which Ravenwing improves to eight uh, another three inches so to 21 inches um, while in death doctrine um, and you can advance and still shoot so these two little speeders that have a very small silhouette which will be important later when we talk because they can fit in little corners and about all in ruins because they fly they can sometimes fly into ruins if your opponent didn't perfectly screen you out um, and then just shoot 18 shots, um, strength 5 and 6, 1 and 2 damage, always AP 1, can be AP 2 in Death Doctrine. Um, and they give Rural 1, to Wound, and Ignore Cover, which is relatively important in the current meta if you play a mirror match into other Armor of Contempt armies, um, our little sisters, and uh, sometimes Grey Knights. I actually played a, a Paladin squad um, this weekend, and the Ignore Cover was pretty nifty <laughs> against the 1-up... <one> <laughs> um, <laughs> in cover transhuman paladin squad i was like well i take that extra point of ap <laughs> um and then to to continue the list we got two squads of five black knights um they come with a an assault two plasma rifle and a strength five ap1 two damage hammer and combat um, three of the primary land speeders the technical name name is storm speeder thunder strike uh it comes down That's to have. Yeah, right? That's uh, the full name. I, I studied before I got onto the podcast. I was like, I'm going to get my name right. Um, they have three last cannons and a twin-linked Icarus rocket pot. So they put out three high-strength, good AP, D6 damage, and then two D3 strength, seven AP, one, two damage shots. Um, and they always sit on twos. So they are super reliable for 150 points, great movement, fly. They can get the angles you need to get them, and they have a very decent shoot or shooting output over the game
0: then we got two
2: of the dark angel unique speeders um plasma versions. of so vengeance good, man. Huh? so good they're so good i agree so good. and they were reduced in points they they went down to 110 points um they're only nine wounds so they don't degrade and only give up one point for bring it down um they only movement 12 which is a tad slow for for the rest of the raven wing list um so on death doctrine 15 but they are basically a better macro plasma incinerator it's 2d3 strength 9 ap3 flat 3 damage for 110 points with a great movement and fly
1: it's so good for their points right now we actually went down in points i already liked them when before yeah really i just like that multi-damage right now and especially in this particular meta you get a ton of stuff that has three wounds and they're just very efficient at picking that up so it's just really nice plus when, when the slowest thing in your army moves 12 and 15 it, you've got a pretty quick army you can catch yep. those angles and the big thing is is that you've besides the the bikes everything in your army has fly which is a big deal because you can always get the angles you can jump over things you can use the ruins and the walls to your advantage because man fast moving firepower is just the key right now in my opinion in the meta so
2: i thank you I, I i very much agree um and, and that's what makes those speeders so good so i have five speeders two plasma three last cannon and i've been quite often at the point to change one of the last cannon speeders for another plasma speeder um also for for secondary choices because it brings down my bring it down count uh another notch um and then and my uh flyer detachment not flyer detachment, but I, I can bring two flyers in my detachment um and i bring the the raven wing specific dark talon um those are really interesting pieces and um, some games i hate them and other games they're the star of my game um they basically have a twin linked hurricane water so each of them what's well, not even twin linked i apologize it's two hurricane Bolters, so you can shoot at two different targets they're 24 shots strength 4 ap0 one damage um, but then the better profile is they have a Rift Cannon, which is a heavy D3 blast. So anything that's six men or more, you get three shots. Strength 12, and then no AP and damage. Because if you successfully wound your opponent for each wound roll you succeed, they just take flat three mortal wounds. That's, that's ridiculous. Awesome. That's so good.
1: Yeah, but the mortal wound output from them can be just huge on that. I actually yeah. like the, the, the small cannons on it, too, because they do work into things like... Eldar,
0: and necron or um, and,
1: but just like the, the Tau trash. You know, you're picking any of the trash. Just Tyranids, That's so much, uh, especially all the T3 stuff. I mean, you're talking about crew. You're talking about anything in the, that has pointy ears. Uh, you can just put a huge volume of shots on things with bad saves and just go, "Hey, take pick a lot of guys up." And then those mortal wounds. I just John and I were talking about that yesterday. One of the days. One of the days after this. Kate, this comes out, but we were saying talking about and i really agree that mortal wounds are the great equalizer right now in 40k because anything that has very high durability or you're having a hard time getting around it those paladins whoever you just drop nine mortal wounds on them and mortal wounds are just the the key to getting rid of those hard targets and that mortal wound chip damage especially on big things is just such a big deal you're like hey that knight no, no re-rolls, whatever, you're like, yeah, whatever. Here's, here's mortal wounds, mortal wounds, chip, 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 chip. Now you're dead.
2: I completely agree. Um, and that's not the only mortal wound output, uh, because each of those flyers also comes with a stasis bomb. And basically, because it's a pretty old data sheet, all it says is, if in your movement phase you move or advance over an opponent unit, once per game, just do D3 mortal wounds, and they can fall back till your next command phase. Um, so you can snipe characters with it. Uh, I've not yet done it, even so, on average, between two flyers, you roll <laughs> four. I've done six mortal wounds to a lot of stuff, like rolling a three on both flyers if they have more than six wounds. But if they are four wounds, my first flyer, whenever they fly over, just does one. And then, more often than not, I'm already like, I'm not even going to try with the second one, I will just go somewhere
0: else. <laughs> <laughs> It will still happen. The day it does, it's going to be cold. That package is a little expensive. It's it was it four hundred close to 400, 390, I guess for both of them.
2: Um, exactly three hundred ninety points for both. They're one ninety five piece.
1: They're expensive flyers. That's the thing is, is, they got hit pretty hard when we got the flyer, right about the time when we went down to two flyers and all the flyers went up in points. Uh,
2: they they got hit on
1: that. They're still very good, but it is an expensive expensive yeah. piece they're not a broken piece
2: um i i think i have worked on a lot of lists where i i actually played with the idea of cutting them out again because they give bring it down points and you could change them for some multi-melter bikes um but they very much also fulfill a role like even so my list is fast um they just add a whole nother level of, of threat range which is threat range anywhere and uh, going a little bit back to what Brad was saying um and in and certain matchup where your opponent is almost equally far as harlequins elder um some Tyranid lists, even like raveners um with advance and charge um they provide the reach that my speeder sometimes can get and because they are flyers and can't be charged by anything that does not also have the fly keyword um they can be uh, a nuance um or, or a, a movement blocker for my opponent also where i can just place them in a good place they can be charged um and they still put out a lot of shots um and then maybe i'm going a little bit too fast here but the entire list works really well of one certain stratagem which is if one of my speeders has line of sight to an opponent and i'm within 18 inches i hold everything in my army shooting that one target gets plus one to hit so if i really need to point out something and say you're dead coming back to the talent masters were saying before they can move 21 inches in death doctrine and advance on top. So they can get a reliable 24, 25 inch movement with fly and a very small um, footprint. They can reach usually any point on the table. I want them and I have two, so I can always dispose of one almost be like, go point at that thing. So my flyers can kill it hitting on twos. So the mortal wounds and the chip damage from the hurricane vultures can go through As um, a, a big staple uh, of my list because as brad said before the chip damage of the hurricane vultures is significant and my favorite target is has been um Kieran, it's actually the host the big guy called the not the swarm lord well the swarm Lord too but uh, hive tyrants okay. they're t7 with a three up armor if they're fly runs, um you can put one of them and turn one already in tactical doctrine so now it's 24 shots ap1 they use the hurricane voters usually end up doing more damage than um the mortal wounds and hitting on twos means you'll get on average 20 hits and then you get eight wounds and that's already four damage there and then a little bit mortal wounds and um they have been very reliable at taking out key targets when i needed them to take out the key target
0: is that with the brilliant strategist that you're flipping it
2: yeah it's a dark angel specific stratagem if you're within six of your warlord you can go into a different doctrine the thing is, is
1: that you've got a lot of speed in that list and before we go into the specifics of the, your night game, I was going to talk about just the differences in the in what you thought in teams versus individual. Would there be any changes that you would make in your list going back into the teams? I mean, we didn't exactly have a lot of time to prepare since we uh, decided we were going to play this particular team uh, on a day before the event. <laughs> so, yeah. But if you if you were going to tailor your list for teams, would you change anything? Uh, uh, based on your your playthrough, and depending on the you know, comparing it to your individual list
2: i i think actually the list is a better team list than an individual list um because there's a lot of armies that can simply not deal with it i think as a team list it's a very very good list about all in a five people team format um if you can avoid the one or two bad matchups this list hits hard um so if anything i think i'm i'm i might tweak this list a little bit more in single and single events like i I always have that one or two matchups where the list definitely has some weaknesses i think it's a pretty well all-rounder um and then for the skill level i have which i i'm I'm a good player but i can compete with with some of the best players just because i don't get the amount of reps it's a list that i enjoy very much with um it has some little tricks in there Um, so i've always enjoyed that aspect about any list I really played. But this list in particular right now, um, it's a fun list to play. It's not broken. It always gets the I've never seen what you're playing like. I don't even think anyone is playing half of the units you're having in this entire 500 people (laughs) tournament. And that's satisfaction enough for me to to bring that list and not moving really away from it to change it. But to answer your question, I think as a team list, it's a better list than as a singles list because it has some weaknesses um and also very dependent on the the terrain layout uh this list can i will say be slow significantly
1: I, I i brought that up specifically because i really liked it in the team and i because of the fact that i love the pairing of it in there because if you can stay away from just somebody that can take the board from you very hard early it's very very nasty especially depending on the mission yeah i mean we had still well, we had dawn of war missions for the team and they were just a lot of a lot of objectives in the open. I was like, just sit back and enjoy yourself. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead and take that long distance dedication there. Now, what would you consider your your weak matches are? What what missions give you what matchups give you the, the most trouble
2: with your company? It's a combination of multiple factors. Um so we gotta like dissect this question a little bit. I wouldn't say there's like one weakness to the list. Um the biggest weakness is usually missions on which my opponent who has tough small footprint infantry can stay back um, or push to the center if the center is very heavily protected with terrain and they can outscore me because my secondary play is very reliant on killing units um, and if my opponent's game plan is more focused around the i can just sit and hide and hold objective which necrons are very good at sisters are very good at um, and they have the terrain and the correct mission placement like the objectives are in the right places um, then the list really starts falling apart because even so i can get the angle to shoot the list doesn't table you and it falls apart relatively fast i mean we're talking about an entire list that's a 6 10 wounds three of armor and again shooting they can have a they always have a five-part when it will say they can go to a four um but it's still like they they die to bolter shots like people have been shooting me down with like i have a couple extra freaking pistols let me just shoot and three wounds and a speeder gun right and the list falls apart once like things start dying the list falls apart so the biggest weakness of this list is really uh terminators um if people actually know the list and hold back turn one a lot of my opponents are like well, my Terminators can survive this and rush up me turn one when I get that extra point of AP and death Doctrine and then their Terminators just melt, where I would be like, <laughs> dude, you would have waited one turn, you would have been saving on threes instead of fours or fours instead of fives. Um, so I feel like there's also a knowledge aspect to this list that gets a lot of people by surprise. Um, but yeah, the the answer to, to your question is if the layout for objectives is covered well by... Line of sight obscuring terrain and they have small footprint durable units the matchup gets very hard for
1: me i can see that because you're definitely trying to get death of the wind and things of that nature secondary so So
2: when you
0: when you sneak into like something like the um the mirror with like a bunch of deathwing is that tough is that a tough one for you to kind of they don't have much charge range really though do they on that um deathwing is an interesting matchup because they're almost
2: too slow like most other small footprint armies can do more than like Deathwing. the only thing they really have going for them is that they are durable um they are actually not even the hardest hitting in combat they are, they're terrible at shooting um <laughs> so against deathwing it actually works relatively well it's really more um custos give me a big issue quite often um if they play infantry heavy with a couple dreadnoughts because the dreadnoughts are small they can hide them um deathguard really uh, thousand suns if they are played really well and again the mission dependent uh, the terminators can be a um pretty tough for me also because they can reduce damage um tyranids can be a thing like tyranid warriors with leviathan hidden in a ruin with the t5 and three wounds and five of your pain and minus one to hit um they can be a big pain for me to shift them because even if i just leave two of them alive they can or kill one or damage two of my speeders in return so it's a like very dicey um, situation. So they, uh, as you hear, there's a lot of armies actually that are also very played right now. Um, that I wouldn't say I'm I'm favored in the matchup um, if the terrain layout and objectives give me a little bit of a headache. But Deathwing has not been my issue because they are too slow.
1: I can see that. Let's talk about this army that you played. We talked about it in the last episode. Bams knights. It's got a free blade, free lance with double. We got. A Warglaive. Some Halverins. So we got two. So I hate looking at these in the thing. We got two Warglaives.
0: I can tell you <laughs> what it is. Yes, has two Excellent. Warglaives. Let me got, tell you Brad. I got, I got I got it from memory. I can do it from memory. I can do it can do, I, just I'm staring
1: it. at it. I'm even going to talk about Wally the well,
0: you're, Gallant. You're, you're butchering it here. It's a, it's a work of art. You got to do it right. A work of art. It's a beautiful <laughs> list. I love this list. It's great. You got the Castellan with the Forge Master. So he's sitting back there getting the minus one damage. He's pumping out the... Um, the calculated targeting with the way he's built out that way. And then you have two of the war glaives that have the, um, the, what's it called? Where you get a reroll your, your misses back to the beginning. What's that? Uh, noble combatants. Right. They have two of normal, then you have the, the two more axes with the, uh, blessed by, or honored sacrosancts, which gives them the minus one or plus one to their save when you have a damage one weapon, which stacks with the minus one damage. So that's pretty freaking awesome. And then you have his, um, uh, gallant. This is loaded out to do mortals in combat. He has the helmet, the nameless warrior, and um yeah. So he's just he's going out there. He's just putting that guy forward and smashing your face. He just,
1: you're leaving the the knight castellan alone.
0: I say and, castellan. He has a castellan. I'm just saying
1: like that that guy's just in the back, just shooting long range dedications.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I think
1: it's, people it's... forget how that that bad boy is expensive, but that guy kills whatever he shoots at. That whatever he looks at is dead.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a weird list, right? Because you don't see Freeblade Castellan list these days. That's just like such a out there list. And he came in fifth place. It's a really pretty interesting, pretty interesting list. So. I
2: I will agree very much. I've played a lot of night players, and this was one of the more interesting. Um, I feel like in Blake's recount, you missed the Helverin. um and the Halverin is a little bit the star and my downfall to a degree um because the hell red, i don't know the names of it i'm not a knight player but he has the thing if he kills a, a vehicle or a monster you get an honor point
0: oh he has the um the hunt the hunter, of, hunter uh, beasts. of beasts so basically that gives you plus one to hit versus a vehicle or a monster it gives you plus one damage versus a titanic model and if you take the Lalo the tyrant's um honor um then it normally gives you one but it'll give you two honor if you kill a vehicle or monster in this case
1: so what was the mission and what were you and his secondaries?
2: Um I forgot the name of the mission. It was round three, if, uh which is the same one that we played in teams, if you remember. It's basically three objectives in a straight line in the middle. Um uh, the old dawn of war uh, deployment.
1: Abandoned abandoned sanctuaries, 21.
2: Yeah, abandoned sanctuaries, exactly. So um going into this mission, what you need to know is that you can score a huge amount of points if you go second. Um because the center objective, just is a buttload of points. It's five points for holding the objective at the end of the game. Um, as a knight player, I knew that he, if he takes Renew Your Oath, if one of the big knights survives, if they go in the middle within six inches, they get another five points on a secondary. And then if they also hold objective, like that, that mission against knights, they can easily score 25
0: points in the last turn if they have a knight or two, which is. We'll come back to that spoiler spoiler brian maybe scored those points earlier than he thought he would need to
1: <laughs> so what did, what did you take for your secondaries
0: um
2: my secondaries in that matchup are relatively easy um i always played a lot uh engage on north fronts which i think with the new tweaks in uh, nephilim have become a big trap um because you need to dedicate units every turn to Three or four quarters and six inches totally other, inside that quarter. Uh, um, it's such crap.
1: The fact that they they put it is it such a small box now because you have to be six inches off that board edge and six inches away from any other quadrant. So it's a very small rectangle that you're now in.
2: Yeah. So I, I played Engage at the beginning when I started this list. And then in Nephilim, I did one game and I was like, never doing Engage again. Also, because aircraft don't count anymore for Engage. Um, so my. Secondary now, Behind Enemy Lines, because Behind Enemy Lines actually gives you a relatively good catch-up potential. Um, it scores you two points twice if two different units are wholly within your opponent's deployment zone, which Miles can very easily achieve. And more importantly, I, if I need to, I don't need to do it at all turn one and two, um, because I can still get 12 points out of it if I just do it turn three, four, and five um
1: yeah. and especially this mission because of the fact that there's no objectives on the corners there's no real incentive for your opponent to be boxing out those back to that back to edges on both sides of their deployment zone and if they are well cool they're not doing anything for the game so
2: exactly exactly so that's why behind was my my second choice here and then the third one is uh, i think i have never not taken it as uh, brad had already touched on it before okay. It's one of the old oversight secondaries um, It's called Death on the Wind. It's a Raven Wing specific one, and the conditions are relatively easy to meet. It says move 12 in your movement phase, kill something in the shooting phase, score two points. Or charge something, kill it in the subsequent fight phase, score two points. So you can max this turn one if you get lucky. I mean, you would need to destroy eight things or eight units, but um, it has no cap. Um, And it's something you naturally already want to do. And this list leans really into it because my entire list moves 12 or more. Um, So it is a secondary that I consistently score very
0: well. Do you have to be the Pacific Outrider detachment to take it? Or can you just take it with any Dark Angel list that has Ravenwing mixed in? You don't even need to have Ravenwing
2: mixed in if you want to take it without having Ravenwing Wing. Um, you can take it, but you can't score it because it only Raven Wing units can score it. So it's Raven Wing units that move 12 kill or charge and kill.
1: So you're going into this, you know that if you if your opponent goes second, he can put up a big amount of points. What is your general philosophy? What are you thinking when you're going into this? Your game plan, and do you did you feel favored? Do you are you confident going into this match, or are were you, were you a little bit trepidatious about how the match was going to go?
2: um knights i think is really one of my better matchups um even so he brought a castellan which is a knight that can pick off two speeders or damage my flyers even turn one um if he would have gone first um but because my flyers can stay out of range i have more drops so my flyers stayed out of range from all his melter spears um he deployed all of his melter spears on the from my view side basically on his right hand side of the board um So I knew that even if he would go first, the only thing he can shoot in turn one are my flyers, and the only thing that could shoot my flyers is the Halverin and uh, the big knight um with, and not only really also with the Melta Lance um, and the Plasma, um, and being minus one to hit and a four being one old save, I thought he can maybe kill one and the other one might survive, and if he doesn't roll hot, both will survive, um, and everything else of mine hides. So I was like, even if I go second. Um, I think I have a, a very good chance going into this, and if I go first, my list reliably picks up three smaller knights or a big knight um, or a big and a small knight. Um, and if my dice spike a little bit or my opponent says aren't hot, if I go first and they don't get their buffs up, the game could almost be overturned one uh, just because they can't hide, and I have the line, the movement, and the guns to bring them
0: down. Um, so I felt very good going into the game. One of the so, things that Brian had identified here was that he wished that he had deployed more centrally to be able to react and that was one of the mistakes that he actually said that he thought he made here. He thought he he thought he was too far back on the line because he was too consumed about trying to hide behind obscuring but what he realized into the game was you're getting wherever the angles you need regardless. Correct. Um not only can I get wherever I wanted um
2: I think one of his mistakes, more than the center, is that he had pulled the the three um, knights that have the little saw and the melter lands inside a ruin, so I could get line of sight with them from kind of anywhere, because both our models' height is enough that I could see him over the ruins, and we even had called a judge for that just before we started, so that he we were both in agreement, um, and that just gave me the possibility also of not even needing to commit. To getting intro his lines to shoot those guys um and i think if he would have known that better he could have put all of his small knights hidden behind ruins because i think it is favorable for me to kill small knights before i start shooting big knights um and this gave me uh the chance which then also happened during the game i went first and i killed all three melta spear um knights uh turn one because the lightning lock uh but he has two with two lightning locks they don't do almost anything in my list. um so basically turn one i put him down to potentially only having the halverin um and the castellan right um because also the gallant i i was able to screen him out with my flyers um,
0: but i'm already going ahead of myself so um yeah that's the start of the game right there
1: so you went first and rocked out
0: and then brian brian's secondaries were actually uh honor the house renew oaths, and, and he took yield no ground
1: so you mean the standard got it
0: standard yeah.
1: i was just gonna right. say he took what night players take got it <laughs> so you fly up and what happens I, I i wasn't on the the brian one i i may or may not have thought this was a different day
2: <laughs> No I'm good. Um, so imagine down of War deployment, right? Um, it's your Nova format. So there's four big ruins. Um, I have more drops. So I kept my flyer spec. I deployed very passively all my things that I knew he could see with anything of his army. I started so that I would know where his army is going to go to commit. And then my idea was, all right, I will heavily go everything on one side so I can get as many angles and as many guns, turn one, no matter if I go first, second. So I ended up going first and I basically pushed really hard, like as far as everything in my list can move along the board edge. So if you're looking from my perspective where I was standing, I pushed up everything on my right side of my board edge, nudged to the board edge, and I used my flyers to move block the gallant. And the way I did it is I basically pre-measured from the back of his base how far the gallant could move um, so that he could not clear my bases. So the rules with aircraft is you can move through the base, but if you move, you still got to clear an inch the base to be able to be positioned. So that way I was just between the ruins and my flyers, the gallant, I knew he can't charge anything in his turn one. So I was like, don't need to care about this guy for now. Um, I wanted to start shooting all the small knights, take out the guns that can actually hurt me um, and just take control from here off the board. So my turn one went decently well. Uh, I wouldn't say neither of us rolled relatively lucky or bad luck. Um, I killed the, sm- uh, the three Armingers um, with the, the glaive and the, the Thermal Spear. Um, and I did a couple few wounds on, on the smaller uh, more Moraxes with the Lightning Locks. Um, but that was when my turn one ended. I felt great. I don't think he did. Um,
0: and that was the end of turn one. That's a heck of a turn one. Well, it's also smart,
1: though, because I, to tell you the truth, I was talking about this, and I think that people make the mistake a lot of times of trying to tackle the big knights, and the small knights are actually a billion times easier to kill, but they also do a lot of work. They take the board, they have a lot of damage, they're the pieces that are also scoring early and preventing you from scoring with that obsec five. So I, I think it's a big deal, like what you're saying right now, 100%. I'm on board with that, because everybody listening, kill the little guys first. If you kill all the little guys, there's only one big guy. Well, he can score four points. so Or, or a sure. lot more at the end of the game, in this particular mission. But
2: continue. That's how I felt, too. And uh, for everyone, I don't even know if Brian brought it up, we were on stream. Um, so the Games Workshop stream uh, hosted uh, by our fabulous Nick Nanavati and Paul Murphy, uh they both gave the same commentary. Like Nick also, like I rewatched the stream after and he was like, he should definitely go for the smaller nights it makes a lot more sense. Um for target priority. He had said the same, the lightning locks guys, they don't do anything to my army. So I feel like my choice there was relatively good and solid. Um his turn one then in return also ended up being not amazing. The gallant couldn't do anything. The lightning locks light like, ran for the middle, put a couple shots into my flyers. Um and then it came down to the Helverin, which I said that was my first big mistake, um, because I hadn't realized how good getting that extra honor point from destroying a vehicle will be. Um, because it basically helps you to be two kills faster exalted, get- which is a big yeah. thing. Huge. huge thing. Very huge much value. underestimated that. Getting
1: um, Valor is so big.
2: So that was my first big mistake. So the Helverin picked off one of my flyers um together with like the shots of the castellan so that way he got two honor points turn one directly um and then the Castellan. i think between both they killed one flyer and the other flyer had a couple wounds left so i don't think he was in his last bracket but close um which i felt great about very honestly speaking i was like this is going good um and that was the end of his turn one so he repositioned into the center um the gallant couldn't do anything so the gallant just did the uh, renew your oath on the center objective to score five points and that was also the last action of the gallant in the game um because my turn two then was basically all right now i have this gallant in the middle of the board i know if he wants to score good on renew oaths he will need to use either the gallant or the castellan and i'm happy if he will use the castellan because then that thing ain't shooting me So I was like, all right, this turn the Gallant will die uh, and my army has the firepower to take out a knight unless the dies are good in his favor. Um, So one of my other strats is that my plasma can go from damage two to damage three. So I popped that on one of my black knight squads. There are 10 plasma shots, so that averages out with full rerolls and rerolling once to wound to a max potential 30 damage. Um, It ended up doing, I think, half the wounds that the knights have, so did like 14, 15 damage. Uh, and then between the rest of my cannons I killed him. Um I did five or six wounds to both Mori axes and two or three wounds to the Castellan with the leftover shots I had. Um but more importantly, the Mori axes were my charge target because I was like, the Castellan ain't hitting you and he doesn't have anything else that can hit me in combat, so I will just not kill the small moriaxes now in shooting i will charge them surround them with my bikes and samuel um so they can't fall back and that part of my army can't be shot that was my plan and the plan then went sidewise when one of his knights blew up and blew up the other knight that i wanted to surround and then both knights were gone so both moriaxes ended up going down uh which might sound great but it screwed my plan of trapping one night in combat um so by the end of my turn two he was down to two knights. he literally only had the castellan left and the halberd, which i don't think i had touched the halberd at this point yet again mistake um but everything else was dead so i was like all right the game looks pretty good i mean two nights <laughs> i probably put him down to one one night can't win the game no matter what happens um and this is where where Brian then went into uh, super mode. Uh, his turn too was was a great it's turn. Super mode,
1: I like. He, just, he went super silent on you.
2: Super silent. You was like, all right, now every every shot, every every everything counts. Um, so I think he did the right moves. I, I very much applaud him also for the decisions and uh, the movement he did that turn. Um, again, he only had two models, so it's not that you can go super wide on it, but. I think the directions he moved, because with knights that does matter a lot, and which direction you move, because knights are so easily move blocked, um, was definitely favorable, uh, because his original idea was to move his Castellan out into the middle, which would have then meant that the Castellan doesn't get the minus one damage anymore, which would have made it much easier for me to pick him off. Um, And instead he found an angle where he could keep him in his deployment zone, give up some primary points for the next turn, but be able to shoot all of his guns and still have the minus one damage, which I think was the better call because I was like, at this point, the game is not really going to come down to primary really anymore. But now if he doesn't do significant damage this turn, he's table next turn. So yeah, I think
1: at the time we're at right now, I kind of want to make this a cliffhanger into the Bradming because I have so many questions to go along with the end of this game. That's cliffhanger.
0: Cause if you really want to know the end ending- if you really want to know the ending, go listen to episode six or episode sixty eight, because we do touch on the ending, but this is a good cliffhanger. I'm I want a cliffhanger.
1: I was just looking at it. I looked up and I was looking at the time, and I'm like, you know what? I, I wanna I want to cliffhanger this because I, I want to go into the questions afterwards also.
0: I'm gonna close it off with over the course of the weekend, what was your MVP? My my MVP is, is literally a little bit of everything. I think every matchup, a different
2: unit in my list, becomes the MVP. Um, so I don't have a single model. I would say overall the um storm speeder thunderstrike is consistently the best unit in my list um three last cannons that hit on twos are great damage output throughout the game they score points they shoot things they are not super easy to kill Um, i think they're one of the most underrated uh, detach um, data sheets and the space marine Codex right now Um, and uh, other than that really i think what i would like to touch on um for new people if you are not a veteran of the old war, but you're new to this hobby. You are a leads of Voltan <laughs> player, maybe. Um, I think my entire tournament experience is maybe a wonderful story for you also, because uh, this year, I more than any other year, usually the prize I try to like play a little bit for is Renaissance Man, best overall. And this year, my army, I just didn't have the time to paint. I built my own house this year. And oh, nice. like, I'm just going into this tournament and I'm just going to try to make the best deck or trying to give my opponents the best experience ever and um in every game not only i but also my opponents um who again i mean we played good rounds um were very helpful like even the game with brian um i don't know if he brought it up but i remind him of a couple things that probably also won him the game where i was like hey you have to auto six don't forget that and yeah, yeah. we already even had passed the shooting, and he was like, well, would you mind me going back so I can use that auto sticks on my hit roll on the uh, Volcano Lands? Um, and I was like, that will probably kill my speeder that just survived. So my heart just was like, well, I
0: survived the Volcano Lands, <laughs> for <but laughs> sure, go back. And then my
2: speeder died. Um, but what I want to touch on is that I think my, my favorite experience of this entire tournament, both the team event with... Thanks to Brad, um, who was our team captain and did fantastic pairings. Um, but also then the individual tournaments, every game was very, very enjoyable. All my opponents, no matter if new to the hobby, all to the hobby. Um, I, I think overall this year Nover had very few arguments or fights. It felt like the atmosphere was calm, relaxed, people had a good time. Um, there's almost some whining in our hobby. So just just get used to it. Or if you are one of those people, it's fine. Don't don't be ashamed of it. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, the the tournament organizers were top, and I think every player. I played twelve games. I'd never done twelve games in in three days or four days, um, and every of those games was fun. I, I finished this tournament, and usually I'm I'm baked after. Like I get home, I'm like I'm dead. I'm not going to touch warmer. I'm not going to think for the next two days. I finished this event i drove home I, I was chill i like played some games i was like
0: <laughs> give me more
2: um so congratulations to all my opponents they really made this event especially.
0: that's wonderful can i can i touch you one thing though because you reminded me of something as we were talking sasha you actually because you said brad was so good at the pairings and everything let me tell you what brad was really really bad at and that is brad two days before the event says hey uh Go and register us It's like, oh, like put us in BCP, right? He's like, no, like I need you to like buy the ticket, contact, <laughs> contact players. We don't have a team. I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, we got to put a team together. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I assume that Brad as a team captain. has got to do list or whatever he plans on doing. I show up. We have no list. We don't even, have, I don't even know where our players are. Tony's nowhere to be found. Brad's nowhere to be found. And we're, we're showing up to our, to basically do round one. And I'm like, we don't have list. I'm sorry guys. I don't know. We might have to drop. Bro, Tony's, I don't, was, I was, Tony's I was Tony's
1: in I was too busy wearing my clown outfit very much. Thank you very much. And I they were like the fun.
0: They were like, all right, so uh, you guys are gonna have to forfeit your fifth game because Tony's not here. And then Tony comes out of nowhere, and he's like, Oh, sorry guys, I was pooping for an hour. It's like, oh my gosh. Okay. So so uh, us, us making it Sasha, you were the rock through all this. So I'm gonna say that you were the stable part of this team because you were the only one there that was like, I'm also
1: I need to wear it together. Bag. You guys stole all my shirts.
0: <laughs> all right, everybody, join us for part two. I'm looking forward to uh, really uh, finishing this off and uh, picking sausage brain on some Dark Angels. Make sure to check out our other podcasts. We have the Art of War Vanilla with Nick Nativati and Paul Murphy. We have the very, very, very Australian Art of War Down Under with the late and great Adam Camilleri. We, of course, are the Art of War Pistachio, the flavor you didn't know you loved until you tried it. Thanks for listening. Join us for part two. Like what you just listened to, check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the Competitive 40K network. The Art of War40k.com.